1: Hello everyone, Dana Wild here and welcome to the show. I am so excited to do today's show because if you are a maker or a crafter or a baker or somebody who does gift products or maybe you have some kind of an e-commerce store and you or you have a hobby that you're passionate about, doesn't it sometimes feel like a mystery? On how do you build your business or how do you actually make money or gain traction in that kind of a business? Well, I cannot wait to introduce today's guest because she is one of the premier experts in how to build a crafting business online, how to turn your hobby into a business. I'm here with Sue Monheit and she is the host of the podcast called Gift Biz Unwrapped. And she's also the author of Maker to Master. And that's what you want to be. You want to go from starting a business and maybe not really knowing what to do or not gaining any traction or wondering if you're going to be able to make it or actually make it viable so you can live on the money and make even bigger money and go from six figures to seven figures. Well, Sue is the person to talk to. So I'm excited to dig in and learn more about just how to do that. Hi, Sue. Good to have you here. Dana, thanks for inviting me. I'm so excited to be on your show. Yeah, I can't wait to dig in because I have not built a business like this. And so for me, too, it's really interesting and kind of a mystery. Like, how does it work? What are the mechanics? And so maybe we should back up and start with a little bit uh, about you. You actually built
0: a business like this, right? Do you want to tell us about that business? Well, sure. I actually have had a couple of businesses, but for the sake of time, I'm just going to jump to where I am now. Um, I have two businesses going. One is called the Ribbon Print Company, hence the ribbon that you see in the (laughs) background. Um, We work with people to provide custom ribbon printing services so they can do that. But so that is really where I found out about the maker industry and some of the challenges that they have there, because I would have people come up to my trade show booth and say, Oh my gosh, I want to buy a ribbon printer. And I'd be like, Oh, so exciting. What do you do? Well, I'm thinking about starting a business, but they didn't know what to do. They didn't know the steps to take. Right. Or I'd have someone say, Oh my gosh, when my business is making money, I'm just not quite there yet. I know I'm going to need this. So they had gotten stuck somehow. And Every single time I would offer them advice, give them solutions, then they'd email me or they'd come back to the booth next year and be like, Sue, I did what you said. Now what should I do? And I'm like, oh, let's go faster. Let's build your business. That's and, great. again, without going into all the details, these are things I knew from my corporate life. I'd had so much experience working with so many different businesses. And then, of course, I created my own business, Um, that's a maker-crafter business, I'm like, I want to help these people. That is where my heart is. And so that's how the Gift Biz brand developed. And I think I should leave it at that because we want to get into the goods, right? Well, yeah. And so
1: I think the first question I have is, with regards to the Gift Biz or the maker business, what do you think the biggest mistake people are making when they're starting or building a business like
0: this? I think there's two biggest mistakes. The first one is not really understanding what they're getting into. And let me give you an example. Someone decides that they make candles and they're going to decide that they have this dream of I'm going to open a shop on Main Street like now. Right. And they find a place. It looks perfect. They, you know, um, bring in their product. They showcase the store, but they don't really think about the fact that reality is. You've got to be in that shop from 10 to six, six days a week or whatever that is. Right. Or another example, if you're a home based business, again, making candles, one of my favorite products and orders come in, you've got to be there and turn them around and fill those orders like you have to live in the reality of the business. And I think a lot of people look from the outside of what a business could be without really thinking about reality. Now, it doesn't mean that it isn't what you want, but it changes from a craft and just something fun to do in your spare time to something different when you're a business.
1: Right. So kind of like having having that idea of what's it going to be for my life if this thing starts to blow up, like having going into it with your eyes open is what you're talking about.
0: And it doesn't mean you're not going to like it, but really think about that before you get started, because it might switch how you want to get started. So that's one thing. And I think the other thing that happens, apart from this whole thing about people talking about it forever and never taking action, that's a whole different thing. Right. (laughs) But sometimes when people start, the thing I love about this group of people that I call gifters, bakers, crafters and makers is that they know everything about their product. You know, they know these sophisticated tools that they need. They've created their own techniques that make their products so beautiful and so wonderful. But they've never needed to know business before. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, if they're start, starting to think about a company, they need to have a little bit of business knowledge. And that's where I come in. But often, back to the question about what are people doing, maybe that's not working so well when they first start, is the obvious things when you start a company. Well, you know, I'm going to have, what's my business name going to be? What are my colors going to be? You know, all of that type of thing. And so then all of a sudden, and then they go start selling right away. Not even thinking about really the price, what the real price should be, right? Because we always undervalue. But so they put these like obvious top line things in place and really haven't gotten some of the underneath things going that need to be in place for a stable, long-term business. Yeah, I, so I think that, those are the few challenges to start. Well, that makes perfect
1: sense, and I I would love to talk about some of these underneath things. And in particular, you brought up pricing, and I know myself. This is probably something I've not done very well with in the past either, and so. Do you have a formula or some kind of system or method that people can think about for how to price their products so they're actually making enough?
0: Yeah. You know, the very first thing that, again, makers, and I think we pretty much all have this down pat, is the cost of the product. Like what are the ingredients that you've needed? How much have you spent to be able to make your product? But there are some hidden costs people kind of forget about. Like if you're making something and you're going to Hobby Lobby or Michaels to get your product, you have gas, you know, and other things and and time, which we'll get into in a second. But there's other underlying things that some people forget are actually true costs to your product. If you're even buying wholesale and you're having things shipped to you, the cost of delivery to you should be included in the cost of your product as well and packaging i'm sticking with candles but let's say you put your candle in a nice little box and then you also add a label and maybe there's some ribbon on top right all of those are costs to your product and i think we forget about those you want to you want to remember every single little thing that is a cost to making your product. So that's one section. And I'm simplifying this a little bit, Dana, just, you know, for time purposes. And there's there's not just that. So that's just making it, right? Then, and we so often forget this, is there's the cost of your time to create the product, okay? Now, if you're in business, you're probably creating mass products. So let's say you're doing 20 candles at a time. I'm going to stay with this theme the whole show, okay? Um, but... There's a, there's a cost to your time and a lot of us don't include our cost because we're thinking, oh, it's just me. It's little old me. I'm making them. I'm starting this business. So, you know, my time is, is just not important right now. Well, believe me, when you start having orders of two, three hundred candles, your time gets to be very important. So you want to include that right in the beginning and you want to give yourself also enough credit for What you know. So it's not just your time. It's the investment that you've made into learning your craft. And for us makers, again, it comes so naturally that we kind of forget other people can't do it. We're just like, well, everybody could make these beautiful candles. Well, guess what? Not everyone can make your beautiful candles or whatever else. So you You're need to add in time. on on
1: that. Yeah, everybody, you listen to this because this is totally true. We undervalue what we know is so good, Sue. You're right.
0: Yeah. I mean, everybody thinks that because it comes so easily to us that it comes easily to everybody. And it's not true. And people will pay you for your skill and the product that you can create. And it's so and once we get that and once we start putting that into our pricing formula, that's when you're really able to grow your business because you're commanding the prices that you deserve. Right. And I think some of us feel like we're well, we're cheating a little bit because do we should we really be getting that much? And I'm here to tell you, yes, you should. Right. And then that gives you some margin where you can start adding to your business. If you want that brick and mortar shop, now you're going to start having some money to be able to do that. If you want to start a podcast around your product, if you want to go to craft shows, you like all of those different things all cost money and help you grow your business in terms of visibility and people actually buying your product. Right. And so do you
1: have an amount that you think people should be paying themselves or is it just based on depending on what you're doing or the industry or how many you can produce an hour or what what is the formula for that?
0: It very much depends on the industry and the level of skill you've needed to apply to your product. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're a knitter and you have your own unique stitches and this is a big trick, too. If there's something that you can add to your product that is unique and different than what anybody else does, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of your secret sauce, because everyone's like, how'd she get that? How how did she do that, right? That's a secret, and you can pay for that. You can charge for that. Oh, okay. So the more unique you get, the higher price you can be, right? Um, And in terms of margins, it really does depend by industry. You know, you could say it's twice, at least twice, at least double your cost, at least. At least, I would yeah. suggest more, but it, again, it depends.
1: Well, I know the thing to think about with that. I remember somebody in this industry many years ago who was tripling their price of their costs because in their mind they said, I have to sell one third of everything in my stock just to break even. Like I only make money after I've sold one third of everything I've made. And so you need to take that into account. Like you want to be making money in your business. So don't undervalue yourself. And you definitely want to be doing double or more because you don't want to have to move half of your stock to start making money.
0: Right, right. And when you have a really good friend and you've already given them the product once or twice, don't keep just giving them the product, right? At some point, they're going to need to buy from you. I mean, fam, family and friend discount, what is it that people do? Yes, okay. But I, I have one girlfriend, bless her heart. I mean, I'm begging her to let me buy your product, and she won't let me do it. I'm, and I say, you're going to go out of business unless you let me pay for your product. Good Either goodness. that or I'm not going to buy anymore. I'm not gonna, I don't want it anymore because it's just not right business-wise. Good good for you. That's exactly
1: right. And so what do you think about marketing? Is there some method that you think is like a really good path to follow for marketing these types of businesses? So I think like the things that come to mind are Etsy stores or Shopify, you know, e-commerce store of some kind. Do you have a preference or advice with regards to that?
0: I think the biggest thing is attention and getting eyes on your product. And when people get eyes on your product and are curious and like you, they're gonna go find your product and buy it from you, whether you're on Etsy, Shopify, wherever. And the best way to do this is, you guys are gonna hate me, live social media. I'm sorry, I have to say it. You know, whether it's Instagram stories or it's Facebook live, and the trick is behind the scenes, when you're making, everyone's so curious, like, how do you make those candles? Or how did you do that darn stitch? And a lot of, I think, makers are afraid, like, we're not going to give away our secrets, right? I don't want to tell people how I do this, right? But, but the real is most people will never go and get all the supplies and figure it out. They're all super curious as to how do you do that? Oh, that's genius, yep. and it's so brilliant, because you're right, and the really
1: nice thing about that is I think sometimes, that I'm probably stereotyping a little bit, but I think sometimes makers, they don't necessarily want to sit on a camera and go like, hi to the camera, let me entertain you for an hour, but they could sit and make their product or make their gifts all day long, and so it puts the attention on
0: the craft, and it becomes like a how-to show, and yeah. Yeah, so let me show you. This is a new thing from Archon Mount. Oh. You just throw, you just throw, oh, and I have a code for you guys if you want one too. Oh, put it, yeah, for let's hear it. Count. What's the code? And it's Archon. How the do you spell Archon? The code is archonmount.com forward slash gift biz for 20% off of any of their products. Wow. Okay. But look at this. This is how easy you could do this. If you were on Facebook Live, right up here, in here, let's pretend I'm live right now, right? And then you just do your craft. You know, your phone's sitting up here and then you just do your craft. That's it. That's great. That's how easy these things are. I wasn't meaning to do this, but it, Came into the conversation. I'm so
1: glad you did. This is the kind of like insider stuff that we look for. I just love that. And what's nice is it really takes the pressure off of you and you get to be living in your gifts and sharing your skills, sharing what you're best at. And people are curious. They do want to know how to do those things. They don't necessarily want to do them. Like if you go to the, what is it called, the do it yourself channel, I mean, don't we all get addicted to all of those shows? But it doesn't mean we actually execute, but we want to be able to buy those beautiful things and a better way to build an audience? So I think this is really, really good advice. So do a
0: regular live stream
1: and start developing a following.
0: Do some type of live, whether it's a regular set-up show or what, I don't know. Or maybe, Sue, maybe
1: it could be a YouTube channel too, I'm thinking.
0: Yeah. Almost the best thing for them to do is to try and do it themselves because then they're going to see that it's not so easy as it looks and then they're going to want to buy from you so either way it goes you're still winning Ah, that is so funny and you're so right I totally
1: love that oh it's so good we are having such a great discussion here and I want to make sure that you know how to connect with Sue Monheit because she's got so much information and she does her show right the gift biz unwrap show but the best place to find her is giftbizunwrap.com and remember that's B-I-Z or B-I-Z, wherever you are on the world, giftbizunwrap.com And if you do the slash mind aware, you're going to see that you have three free offers that you can take advantage of, including an assessment for gifters and makers and bakers on where you're at in your business building journey. So you can take that quiz, you can take that assessment she's got, and it'll really kind of give you a clue in as to kind of what the next steps are for you to take in your business. So check that out at giftbiz unwrapped.com, giftbizunwrapped.com slash mindaware. You can head over and do that. We're going to check in with the Facebook audience because for those of you that don't know, we are live on Facebook every Tuesday and Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. And if you come on over and hang out with us, You know, you get the opportunity to interact with the guests. You can ask questions. We hear what your thoughts are. You can promote your business in the comments, all of that good stuff. And if for any reason you're not sure when we go live or you're not sure if you'll remember it, just go to DanaWild.com update, follow the instructions there, and we'll make sure and ping you. Dana Bott will let me make sure to ping you and let you know when we're live. So sit tight, as we are going to be back right after the break with Sue Mohnheit asking more about how to get your gift biz up and moving. All right?
2: Would you like some new ideas for getting the word out about your business? Well, if so, then you'll want Dana's free wall poster showing you the 53 ways to market your business for more leads and sales. Just go to danawild.com/wallposter or text 44222 with the word wallposter. That's all one word with no spaces. Again, online that's danawild.com/wallposter or from your phone just text 44222 with the word wallposter. All together with no spaces, and we'll send you the poster immediately by email. The best part about this downloadable file is that it not only gives you 53 new ideas for marketing your business, but it also shows you which of those ideas are big lead gushers and which methods are free. Text 44222 with the word wall poster today.
1: Data Wild here, and welcome back. We are having a really interesting conversation about taking your maker, or crafting, or gift business to the next level. What do you do? You know, how do you pay yourself? How do you market yourself? What are the best ways to start developing your following? I'm talking to Sue Monheit and she is the host of the podcast called Gift Biz Unwrapped. She's one of the premier experts on how to build a gift biz quickly and easily and she's been giving us so many really interesting ideas and good tips about how to do that before the break. And a few things came up while we were on break that I think are really worth addressing. The the first one is samples. Do you think it's a good idea to give samples Sue, to
0: clients so that you can build your business? I think samples are a good idea in some situations and not in others. Okay. And if you do samples, they should be truly a sample of your product in other words a smaller piece and i just gave away something i had just gotten so i wish i had it here for you but let's say you do soaps you're not going to give away full size bars of your product make specific little small samples that you can use to give away they may actually be depending on what you make they may be remnants off of, you know, like, off, I don't want to say waste, but things that you wouldn't be really turning into the real product, but they're the elements of the real product, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's a good idea. Um, I think, yeah, so I'd be careful because remember, if you're giving away full-size product, that's cost. You know, that was cost of making that product, the time and all of that. So I think having smaller samples is a good idea, especially if you're at craft shows. It depends on your product, too, of course. I mean, if you're a baker, you're not just going to necessarily give away full-size cupcakes, hundreds of them at a craft show, right? But you might have some samples. Same thing with little soaps. You might make smaller ones. So, yes, in that way. And then if you're doing that, if people are taking them and then leaving your area wherever you are, Make sure you have your contact information or somewhere where they can circle back to you to actually get more of that fabulous product that they've just sampled.
1: Yeah, that's a really good idea. And, you know, you bring up another question, if you don't mind answering quickly, is about huh. the craft shows. Do you think that's a good way to market your business, doing those trade shows or craft shows that are available? I am
0: such an advocate of that for this community, not just to sell, but to get feedback on your product, right? Because people come, you have a live focus center right there. Like, you know, every, that's a focus group for everybody. What are they gravitating to in terms of what colors, what scents? Is your price point good? Because remember, we can just, we just had this whole conversation about price, right? But it still has to have a level of reality that people will purchase at that price. Right. So it's a great way to tweak everything and make a ton of money at the same time.
1: Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh, this is just so interesting, Sue. I could just keep talking to you forever because I I love all the little intricacies of this and it's got some similarities to other types of businesses, but it's a very unique niche and I really appreciate you taking time to talk with us today. Do you have any quick parting shot for everybody before you say goodbye?
0: Yes. If you have a craft that you've been thinking about turning into a business, I am begging you to do so, because so many of us love what you create, and we can't do it ourselves. We can't get it, and you're hiding it from us if you don't start your business. So please get started. We want to see what you can give us, what you can make, and we will buy it from you.
1: Boom! You heard it right here. You're absolutely right. Thank you so much, Sue, for being here. I really enjoyed this. And thank you, everybody, for being here, too. Whether you're in a crafting business right now or not, you hear what Sue is saying, and it really is so applicable to everybody. You know, pay attention to what your time is worth and pay yourself. Make sure you're calculating that in. Be smart about running your business. Know what you're getting into. And you have a gift. I don't care what business you're in, whatever you're doing, it's uniquely you, and it's your right and your duty to share it with the world. I know I speak as as one of many people who buy these crafting items or... Uh, baked goods or gift items. I mean, I am so thankful that somebody is out there making cute, clever little things that I can purchase because I know I don't have that particular gift. So if you have it, share it with the world, and we'll see you next time on the Mind Aware.
2: Uh, I don't know if this is the right analogy, but it's like, kind of like being drunk and like you got to get into your house. You know, like okay, just walk <laughs> up the walkway. You know, one foot in front of the other. Holy
1: frijoles, right?
0: Oh, they'll get my smile later. Later they'll take back. that crazy lady was smiling. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're doing oh, yeah. the dishes and he's playing the banjo.
2: We're talking fresh from your juicer.
1: Each day is a new life we can create.
0: I'm not looking at your smartphone or thinking about the next meeting, but just listening to people.
2: If you're aware that we own a monkey
1: because we're all about joy here at the mind aware right